Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! Strange voice, I know. Producer Jay is just jumping in while she's had to take off straight after the show, but Mark Bickley remains. Big, big show this morning between you and Walshy whilst he was on location up there in tropical North Queensland. Yes, uh, it was. It's interesting. He's up there in Cairns. Announcing for the Aussie Diamonds, they're playing a couple of matches against the South Africans. So uh, he had to jump off, as you said, but we had a big show today. We spoke with Jordan Sweet from the Port Adelaide Football Club, of course, their new ruck recruit. He spoke to us about how he ended up at Port Adelaide and how he lent upon that strong uh, relationship he had with former North Adelaide coach Josh Carr and premiership um, companions. Uh, and then we also spoke with Chad Sayers in regards to the Australian World Cup campaign, which is just starting to hit its straps. Travis Head, not far away from uh, coming back into the side. And we also touched on the good form of the South Australian Shield team who take on the competition heavyweights, I guess you'd call them, in WA. That starts tomorrow, but we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Well, good morning to you. It is a beautiful Adelaide Wednesday morning. And we're in studio, Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Um, well, well, kind of, Mark Bickley. Good morning to you. It's a unique setup this morning as I'm looking down the barrel of a camera and I can see your beautiful face. It was wonderful seeing you yesterday, this time where you called me Jared and I was that offended that I have left <laughs> Studio Lumo and I've left South Australia. Good morning for to you, this Jared. Morning. Yeah, well, you've, you've headed, uh, headed up to Cairns. Now, what are you doing up there? Well, I'm here because the Australian Diamonds are playing uh, against South Africa tonight. So what they were able to do the other day in New Zealand was wrap up the Constellation Cup. And now they are playing a historic test series against South Africa. So this is the first time that Australia and South Africa have played in a three-match series um, in Cairns and Hobart. So this is pretty nice for um, the people of far north Queensland to experience that. But also, um, there's a chance that championship Adelaide Thunderbird Tilly Garrett will get her debut for the um, Diamonds tonight, which would be absolutely wonderful because she's been a fantastic defender for the Thunderbirds and to have your debut playing for your country, um, albeit in Cairns, uh, it's still going to be a really special moment for her. But we spoke about this yesterday. It's such a bizarre thing where so many of these Australian netballers are, are representing their country at the moment, but they don't have a domestic team to go to yet. Mm. So it's strange. Yep, no, it is indeed. Now, you may well have opened the show and said it's a beautiful morning. Uh, that might be the case where you are in Cairns, but it's uh, it's not such a great uh, morning here. Cloudy, showers, top of 15 degrees. What is, what is going on with our weather, Jared? Have you just... Left town to get away from it. You don't like the cold weather. I love the cold weather. That's beautiful weather for me. And I was extremely disappointed to hear in the news just before that we are expecting our hottest summer in 100,000 million years or something or whatever <laughs> the news guy said, which is really disappointing for me because 
Look, up up in Cairns, up the, where I'm at the moment, it's quite humid and sticky, and I'm literally sitting in a hotel room, nervous that I'm going to wake everybody up, but here we are, mate. We're, we're here thanks to Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Um, how did you go last night? What did you get up to? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. I was just looking at, uh, I'm looking forward to the show today. Chad Sayers uh, to join us, as is Jordan Sweet, but um, last night we did some moving. I... Um, a friend of ours had a... You got uh, kicked out finally. No, no, no. A friend of ours had a, like, you know those uh, built-in weight machines, you know, that have got about four or five different uh, sort of exercises you can do on it. You've got the leg press and you can... Oh, here we go. ...do the uh, the bench press and the lat pull-down, all those sort of things. Well, my young fella, and most young boys go through this at 14, wanted to, wants to start pumping iron. And so um, we were uh, we had to shoot across town with the trailer and pick it up and bring it home and set it up so that was that was my uh sort of night last night so that was generally um you know i'm not a super backer of a trailer and had to back down a driveway to try and get this thing and then get it home without falling off the back of the trailer that was a win for me so yeah i was just ha- happy mm. not to end up on the news you know with the trailer falling off or the weights machine on northeast road you know those types of things yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like a really exciting night you had there. My goodness, I'm um I'm really glad that I asked to be honest with you. So apologies for those people who have fallen back to sleep after hearing that. Well, well, we, um, can't we are here some more team Kia. We can't all jet set around Australia every night. More team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. I need to raise a few things with you, Bix, because okay. what I like to do when I arrive uh, in a destination, I, I don't like flying to start off with. And thankfully, yesterday they they moved me on the plane, so I I picked. The furthest seat back, so I could, you couldn't go any further. Like, if I was any further back on the plane, I'd be sitting on the toilet. And then they said, hey, we've we've moved you. And I was a bit nervous, but they said, you've got a row to yourself, which oh, was nice. awesome. So I had a whole row to myself for this three-hour flight up to Cairns. Managed to have a little bit of a sleep. Um, it wasn't too bad. And what I like to do when I've arrived in a city is I'll try and just go for a bit of a run, stretch the legs out just to enjoy myself. And there's a, there's a nice little running track across the water here in Cairns. Beautiful. Yes. And the sun was setting. It was gorgeous. And I've been watching the TV show Lost again for the second time and having a look at um, the the beautiful landscape. I felt like I was on the TV show Lost. So it was really nostalgic for me. But again, people at, at around 6, 6.30 at night with uh, friends, colleagues, peers... Walking across a running track in horizontal formation, <laughs> like they are holding hands. Yeah. I again was getting grumpy under my breath, and I think we need to have a really good look at how people are operating on walking tracks. Really, you need to start um, yep. taking a bell with you or something. You know how when you know you have a shared track. <laughs> I run on a shared yep. bike sort of running walking track and, and every now and then there's a bike comes along and just dings their bell. Says, oh, here I come. And then you just move over to the left. That's what you need to do. Or just yell out something. But do you think I'm overreacting here? Like these people have no awareness. And I, I understand this is the same as when we get to the two are down under that cyclists have little to no awareness just as the drivers of cars have little to no awareness. It's just about an awareness thing, Mark. Well, I guess if you're going for a leisurely stroll and you're 
three or four of you, you don't sort of want to walk in single file. It's hard to converse if you know, like if you feel like you've got mm. a bit of room to spread out. They probably didn't, you must be tiptoeing. Like when I run, I sound like a herd of elephants coming up behind someone. So generally, people hear me coming. You you were light on your feet. Well, the you? hard thing you know is, well, when you have noise cancelling headphones on. <laughs> Yeah. You don't realise how loud you breathe. Yeah. So when you stop them and you listen to yourself, you go oh, 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 running. So it was it was quite eventful to be honest. But we've we've got here and that's good. And it is quite unique um, speaking to you from inside my hotel room. I know that we are very good friends with the Hotel Grand Chancellor, kicking goals with their free extras, um, their exclusive SEN free extras deal, book direct for the win. But you and I have never been in a hotel room together. This is a bit strange. You've got a real good insight into my life at the moment. <laughs> exactly. Well, I was worried because I thought there was two of you because you were sitting next to a mirror and looks like you've got a mate um, alongside of you, but it's just the back of yourself. So... Anyway, we're all good. Well, maybe you don't know that. You don't know that. As you said, we've got a big show today. So uh, we are going to be chatting to um, Chad Sayers, where uh, the Australian cricket team at the moment uh, need to win to stay alive when it comes to the Cricket World Cup. But they're very lucky that the giant killers, Afghanistan, are doing a fair bit of damage for the rest of the tournament. Um, But that's good for the Australians. And also... Jordan Sweet. Um, I'm looking forward to speaking to Jordan Sweet. This is his first interview as a Port Adelaide player, um, officially. had a quick chat with him yesterday, and he said, just ask Mark Bickley to go really easy on me, please. And I'm like, you've got nothing to worry about. I mean, he'd go easier if you played for the Crows, but you've got nothing to worry about. We're looking forward to that, though, right? Jordan Sweet's good. Well, it's it's good to get an insight. Um, For for a lot of us, uh, Jordan sort of disappeared off the radar uh, after sort of leaving, going to the the Western Bulldogs, because he just hasn't had the opportunities. And, you know, what a lot of people may not know, he was the the VFL Ruckman of the Year in their Team of the Year, so doing some Mm. great stuff. But unfortunately, just behind the All-Australian Ruckman in in Tim English. So um, keen to hear how he's getting on, keen to hear what his expectations are for the year. And, and also, there's going to be some competition for him. It's not just one-way traffic. He's, um, you know, Ivan Soldo is going to be at the footy club, and we're still waiting to hear the latest on. Um, uh, we've got Scott Lysette and also Sam Hayes, who we've Sam yet, Hayes, yet yeah, to hear much about. So, all that to to come when we talk to Jordan. So, what happens there, Bix? I'm glad you raised that actually. So, there've been there's been no official announcement. So, those players can't be traded anymore because it's just draft picks that can be traded on draft night, right? Mm. So so it, this all comes down to this list lodgement. So whether they uh, uh, maintain their position on Port Adelaide's list, so if they do that, they have to be given a contract. So if they don't have a contract uh, and Port Adelaide don't want them, they just end up being delisted, which is what um, both both the players would then become delisted free agents. Then they then go to whichever club they want. So if there's any interest... And that, can that happen at any time? Can they sign as a delisted free agent at any time leading up to next season? Yeah, as, long, as long as there is um, some spots available is my understanding. So ev- everyone is finalising their lists and working out how many list spots they want. So you, the minimum amount, you've got to, you've got to cha- make three changes every year. So most clubs do that comfortably. Uh, and then they decide how many draft picks they want to use. This is where Adelaide, Adelaide have got three draft picks, but there's some suggestion that they only want to use two of them. That's why many people are thinking that they may try and bundle two together to get higher up the draft, or they may on, yep. dra- on draft night decide to 
trade their pick 20 and get a get something for next year, get a first-round pick next year. There's a whole range of things that can happen, but it all comes down to how many players you have on your list, how many spare spots are on your list, and how many how many picks in the draft you want. So just a, a, as a bit of a role play then, so Scott Lysette potentially could be delisted tomorrow by Port Adelaide, or James Borlase potentially delisted by Adelaide tomorrow. And then on Friday they could sign at another club as a delisted free agent. As simple as that. So when it comes to player movement, to these players that are currently listed by both Adelaide and Port Adelaide, they are not going to be exclusively Adelaide and Port Adelaide players if they recommit to the club in a rookie sense. Yeah, yeah. Look, this is where it gets a little bit complex. I, I think they um, they can be listed as rookies they can sort of go back to being yep. a rookie and they're, yes. they're sort of aligned to the club and and nobody else can can take them i think that's my understanding but um it's a rather complex time and and there may be some uh, specific dates when you have to sort of finalize your list and then once those dates yep. are hit then then maybe you um you have to wait then till the next sort of drafting period but essentially yeah port adelaide have to decide you know what they want to do with Scott Lysette and Sam Hayes, and similarly, uh, Adelaide have to decide what they do with James Borlase. And then once they make that decision, generally, if they get dropped off, they they get to choose where they go next because they become a delisted free agent, um, or they stay with Port Adelaide or Adelaide in whatever capacity they're able to to uh, negotiate. But with James Borlase, slightly different because he's been a rookie for three years, so he can't be rookie listed so that's why that, that's, that's what Justin Reed said last week they needed to have a chat to the AFL to see if they can kind of find a loophole in that system to re-rookie him if they need to yeah well they did and that, that was rejected so that's since been rejected since we ch- chatted to Justin Reed and he I heard him speak he, he, he sort of sort of he generally um, said that James Borlase would be at the Adelaide Footy Club he implied that that was going to be sorted out so that's what makes me think that Adelaide will most likely only need two spots. All right. It is 14 minutes past six, uh, and it's a big day for American sport today. We'll get to that in a moment because it's NBA day. But also, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. If you haven't heard, we have a prize for the first caller of the day. It is a Signet Boost Power Bank. Um, all you need to do is call us right now. one 736 736 As Mark Bickley said, partly cloudy showers with a top of 15 degrees today. Uh, it is currently 15 minutes past six. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 20 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. We are here in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. A big thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Um, Bix, I've got a nomination for the good stuff I'll give you very soon. It's Adelaide United focused, okay? Because I know that this week we're going to be catching up with Joe Gauchi from Adelaide United, but something that will blow your mind. That's all I can say for now. Cannot wait. Um, but right now, let's do this. Who is... 
Yes, every morning we uh, reward the caller who rings through and gets this show kicked off or starting off with uh, a call. And Tom has done that from Maylands. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, boys. How are we? Yeah, we're very well. What do you want to talk about this morning? Boys, just got one for you. Um, having this debate at the pub on Saturday, and I'm interested in your thoughts. If you could go to one sporting event in the world, what would it be? Cash isn't an option, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm going like a game seven of the NBA finals. You had a couple of World Cups, NFL, Super Bowl. What's your thoughts? Jared, you kick it off, mate, while I have a think about this. Well, hopefully Tom's got two tickets to game seven of the NBA finals because I'm there. Game seven. But it needs to be a game seven where the winning team is at their home venue because there's nothing worse than an NBA championship being achieved at someone's away venue. So it has to be home venue, NBA championship, game seven. I love it. Mark Bickley. I think I'm going to go with the Super Bowl. It's got so much hype that's involved with it. Uh, you've got the halftime entertainment, which is a concert in itself with generally one of the, the world's premier artists. And it's just so hard to get along to. So if money was not an option, I reckon that's the way I'd head. I'd go to the um, the NFL. Tom, where are you where are you I sitting you- with yours, mate? What's your what's your final one if you just had the uh, limitless uh, supply of money? Yeah, I'm going game 7. I like the home venue, but if your team's playing in a way and it wins, then it doesn't really matter, but yeah. I'm going game 7. Hmm. That's what, also what true. About, yeah. What about some of the other mates? Tom, you said you were chatting with them. What did they land on? Uh, we had the Las Vegas Formula One Grand Prix, uh, the Open uh, mm. Golf. So we had, a, yeah, we had a few good options. But just interested in your thoughts. So, mm. no, like it, Tom. Thank you very much for that, mate. You're the first caller of the day, so you got the Signet Boost Power Bank. It will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24/7. You were talking about um, that huge. American football event, Mark Bickley. We keep talking about this too. Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game. Worth over 70 grand. Shopping store at Beaumont's before November 12. And you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. There's a lot of other stuff to talk about this morning. You would have heard in the news that um, there is going to be a settlement between the Hawthorne Football Club and their former coach, Alistair Clarkson, Mm. um, which is big. We're going to talk about that um, a little bit later on this morning. And, of course, uh, a lot of information regarding Xavier Cooks, who I just floated yesterday, could be coming back to the Adelaide 36s. I wish. Um, I saw last night on NBL Overtime that's certainly not happening, but um, that would be ideal. There's a fair bit of movement when it comes to the NBL too. So it's funny, Bix, once we we finish one season in sport the others just kind of mold into the others and did you see the um bridget patterson run out slash stumping in the wbbl last night which has caused all the controversy yeah well i I was just reading about that it was a controversy now explain this to me i I think was it megan schutt was bowling and it bounced off the pads they came off bridget patterson's legs and came back and hit the stumps and then it was given out it was bizarre i still can't work out specifically what happened so what we'll do next is i will timeline this for you okay i'll break Mm -hmm. it down second by second and explain what happened because it was bizarre look it ended up quite good for the strikers who are two and one now which is awesome but still uh, another bizarre incident in sport Uh, it is 24 minutes past six we're in studio lumo powered by lumo energy sa this morning on the show chad sayers jordan sweet quick picks as well good morning 
Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Just on 6.30 on SENSA Breakfast in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley, our sports update very, very soon. We'll also give you our first clue as to who's in the hotel lobby to head along to the Hotel Grand Chancellor with our exclusive SEN free extras deal. So this is overnight accommodation for two people in a king or twin room, overnight parking for one car, $50 food and beverage credit. An amazing prize. Uh, before we do that, you've had time to have a look at the WBBL action from yesterday where the Adelaide Strikers again got another win, which was fantastic. They uh, got that against Melbourne, um, the Stars, but it wasn't without controversy, including a stumping an alleged stumping now you've seen it talk us through it well let me let me start by saying um the ball was bowled it came off the pads and ricocheted onto the stumps now that you don't see that very often now what happened in this match was early in the match it happened um to Bridget Patterson she, the ball sort of slid down leg side the batsman overbalanced he hit her, hit the keeper on the pads ricocheted onto the stumps and the batsman was out of her ground, so she was given out, and she was definitely out. And they thought, what a freak. That's a freak accident, a mm. one-off. And then uh, fast forward a couple of overs, and exactly the same thing happened. Megan Schutt was bowling. Now, this was a bit different because she's a bit quicker, and Bridget Patterson was standing up at the stumps. But the almost identical thing happened again. Slid it was sort of a Yorker. Um, Bridget Patterson went down to the leg side. It hit her on the pads, ricocheted back on the stumps. But the batsman this time was in her ground. Batter. Or the batter, sorry. The batter was in her ground and the ball broke the stumps. The bales came off. And then then the batter decided to, you know, thinking it had gone down leg side and the ball had bounced away, that, that she might go for a run. So then she left her crease. But all that happened in a split second and... Uh, the players appealed and the umpire gave it out. And then as the bat- batter was walking off, um, they all looked up at the screen and saw the replay and said, that is not out, but there wasn't any recourse. Well, so do you know the issue here? Now, the, the batter, her name is Reese McKenna. The That's issue it. here, Bix, is yesterday it wasn't a free-to-air broadcast game. Mm. The game was streamed. So that means they didn't have the technology to refer to the video umpire. That's right. So it's a an umpiring error which has cost the Melbourne Stars, who now, I believe, after chatting to the AFL, will get a better fixture next year <laughs> alongside the Adelaide Crows because they have complained about an umpiring error with technology. <laughs> yeah, so well, they're just they're just adding it. So basically the Melbourne Stars are gonna have a Friday night showdown next year <laughs> against Port Adelaide um, alongside the Adelaide Crows because they've also cracked the sads about what's happened with an but, umpiring error. But, but still, but seriously, if this is a competition that wants to be taken seriously, have the ability to have every decision reviewed. Exactly at right. Every venue. Exactly right. You've got to you can't you can't have one set of rules if the game's being broadcast to mainstream TV and then another set of rules if it's not because it's just that that is just unfair. So I know there's some teething problems as we're trying to get the competition up and going and uh, and expand it and do all those things and try and bring it into parity with the the men's competition. But you've you've got to be better than what they showed yesterday. 
Totally agree with you, Mark. It is 27 minutes to seven. As we mentioned, Chad Sayers to join us to talk cricket very soon. Jordan Sweet from the Port Adelaide Football Club as well in our sports update after the news, which is now. Good morning. Check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 23-7 on SENSA Breakfast. Thanks to More Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. If you want to call us, one 736 736 Mark Bickley, we also have a text line as well. What's the number for that before you get into one of our texts? The the, uh, the text line is 0427-154-166. You can jump on that and send us your thoughts and... Um just like Cody's done. And he says, morning, gents. After one of the worst off-seasons in the Adelaide United history, that's pretty strong, the players finally did the talking on Friday night. Amazing to see the growth in this young team. We could have something special on our hands this season. Also, we have our league back after the farce of last season and the antics that went on, the reversal of the GF and the resignation of Townsend. We can move forward. Hopefully, the league has learnt not to take us fans for granted again as they have learnt that. Um, so, yeah. Do you mind if I challenge Cody on that for a Absolutely. moment? Absolutely. Oh, sorry. Mark just, Bickley. There's a little bit to go. Uh, as they have learnt that in the past, round one crowds were poor across the league, and I don't blame the fans. Hopefully we can start building and showcasing this beautiful game once again in a positive light. So thanks for that, Cody. Yes, your challenge. Okay. So there's a couple of things. Let me talk about the... Um, the kind of backpedalling and what's happened now with the grand final. So they have their own, uh, basically football's equivalent of gather round, which is unity round, which is going to be in January. What I would double check as as lovely as that is, I, I believe that Adelaide United now will lose a home game because everybody goes over to Sydney for Mm. that. So this is going to be in January. I would check that. The other thing is um, your definition of, a horrible off-season. Are we measuring that by not signing international players? Is that the measure of what is a successful off-season or not? Because what I've loved watching about Adelaide United and what I loved watching on Friday night, there are a handful of players, and I'll list them off for you. Panash Madana, Bernardo, Johnny Yull. Bernardo didn't play last year because he was injured. Panash Madana didn't play the second half of the season because he was injured. Johnny Yale didn't play due to selection. Those three boys are young players, which I know for a fact that Carl Viet wants to give young players an opportunity, young South Australian players as well, that deserve it, as opposed to bringing in someone that may be a foreigner. So Ryan Tunnicliffe's come in, which is awesome. He came off the bench on Friday night. What I love about what Carl Viet is doing is giving young players an opportunity Um and I feel like Friday night, Harvey Lopez wasn't even selected in the team. So if we're measuring a successful off-season by signings, I think we've made some big signings, which are these young kids having another year of experience and will make their mark on the league. Yeah, look, and I think that the only way to measure an off-season is by looking what happens during the season. So if, if by uh, promoting these young players... Uh, and they go forward and Adelaide United have a successful season. That, that's a very successful off-season, you would say. So um, the flip side is, is if you sign three or four big names and they come in and they don't perform, well, then that's not a successful off-season. So it's, it's a little bit too early to say whether it's been a success or not, I would think. 
Okay, so let me give you a nomination for the good stuff before our sports update, Mark Bickley. You yes. can get on the road faster, use a team that's easy and affordable. Budget car and truck rental, 132727, because it is Adelaide United themed. What happened on Friday night at the end of the game is uh, a handful of us went back to the Adelaide United front office where my car was basically blocked in by four other cars. So we sat down, we had a look at some of the key statistics and um, you know how you kind of like decompress after a game? Like after after an SEN show, what do you do? You basically run out at 8.31 and decompress, right? (laughs) Exactly. So what we did at Cooper Stadium, we sat down and then... There was a little bit of shock by some of the um, analysts at the football club. That was because a statistic came through in relation to Nestor Irankunda, who had his first start for the team. Have a listen to this, Bix. Nestor Irankunda reached a maximum speed of 37 kilometres per hour in Friday night's win, setting a team record. So by comparison, Mm. the only player in the English Premier League to exceed 37 k's an hour in 22-23 was Manchester City's Kyle Walker, who reached 37.31. In his record-breaking sprint, Usain uh, Usain Bolt's average speed was 37.58. So Nestori Irinkunda, the young teenager from Adelaide, it's safe to say he was quite fast on Friday night, ridiculously fast. Hmm. So I'm just trying to comprehend that. So you're saying he ran similar, he reached a similar top speed to Usain Bolt. Yes, he did. Now, Usain Bolt was able to maintain that speed over a certain amount of pace, so for over that 100 metres or the 200 metres. Mm. But Nestori Irankunda reached a speed similar to Usain Bolt. Wow. Now, have we had the? Um, I'm not trying to cast aspersions here, but no, here we go. Have we had the the GPSs calibrated, and they're we're all, you know, we're all, we're all happy that the information is really good information. Like, hold on, I'm just getting a, something down the wire. Nope, the GPS was <laughs> attached to the car outside Cooper Stadium. <laughs> no, legitimately, mate. He was fast, and that's an, that's my nomination for the good stuff, all right? Get on Whoa. the road faster, 13, 27, 27. That is good stuff. I love the uh, the intel there. Thank you very much for that, Jared. Um, just want to talk a little bit about the World Cup. South Africa have cemented their place in the World Cup group stage. Top three, they had a resounding win over Bangladesh. But how about this? It was built around a magnificent 174 of 140 balls by Quinton de Kock. That's his third century of the tournament. It's also the highest individual score of the tournament. So he is absolutely smashing it at the moment. They ended up, this is South Africa, with a score of five for 382. Bangladesh never really threatened the, to the target, having uh, collapsed to six to 81. Uh, remarkably, they got to 233, but... Um, it wasn't enough, and South Africa moved through, looking like moving through to the top three in that group stage. Uh, just some other news around the place. Defender Ellie Carpenter from the Matildas says she's unfazed about being the target of online abuse after the Matildas World Cup exit. Uh, she had to tempor- temporarily shut down the comments uh, on her Instagram page after being abused for an on-field mistake during the 3-1 semi-final loss to England. The 23-year-old. She was targeted after her defensive blunder gifted England's attacking ace, Lauren Hemp, the, go, the go-ahead goal. So it's a bit sad that you have to do that, um, unfortunately, that people feel like 
just because you make a mistake on the, the football field that you can jump on someone's uh, social media and just abuse the hell out of them. That's just not good, but she's okay, thankfully. And Diamonds coach Stacey uh, Marinkovic is open to a fifth test against New Zealand to decide the Constellation Cup. This is going forward, not not this week, obviously, uh, after the Australians won the series on points aggregate. So how are you feeling about that, Jared? Uh, it's four series, uh, sorry, a four game series. It was two all. Uh, mm. Australia won on aggregate. I like the idea of a decider. That would be, that would have been, imagine the build up. It's two all and we're going to a decider to, to see who wins the Constellation Cup. Well, I don't know why they haven't done that in the first place Did because there's, there's always going to be the risk of having a dead rubber no matter what or just ending. So they've, they've found a way of finding a winner with the aggregate score, but I like the idea of a, a fifth one. Mm. Like what happened with Australia and New Zealand the other day is Australia lost but won. It's mm. strange. Yeah, look, I, th- I think maybe the reason is you play two games in Australia, two games in New Zealand. That's reasonably yeah. fair. But what about – maybe you continue to do that. But if it is you, you create a uh, some time after the the fourth test and have or have a – a free spot there. That if it is two all, you say we're going to a decider and we're going to play another game in in three days' time or whatever the the time. Played on neutral ground, played in Fiji or something. Really? Just play it where you are. Like just just rotate it. I reckon, as opposed to the Tasman Tasman Sea, is it? Put on a put on a floating deck in the middle between Australia and New Zealand. I reckon that'd be pretty good though. Bula. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, they can't do that because, of course, you're in Cairns at the moment and they're yeah. playing a, a, a series up there and that is why they can't play a fifth and decider. They had to fly at 6 a.m. the next morning. So um, maybe leave a little bit of room in the schedule and Diamonds coach Stacey Marinkovic was okay with it and said she would have preferred to go to a fifth test. Thank you very much, Mark Bickley. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Next, we will give you your first clue as to who is in the lobby at the Hotel Grand Chancellor. A very distinctive voice as well um, that you can win a night stay there, which will be absolutely fantastic. Jordan Sweet, not too far away. One of our mates, Fair Dinkum Internet, without the fuss. It's going to be quite cold in Adelaide today, so please stay warm. It's SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Seven minutes to seven on SENSA Breakfast. Thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Uh, because we're going to talk about Alistair Clarkson in a moment, but... I think it's worthwhile us giving you the chance to kick goals with Hotel Grand Chancellor's exclusive SEN free extras deal. You can book direct for the win. We're talking overnight accommodation for two people in a king or twin room, overnight parking for one car, $50 food and beverage credit. This is valued at over 200 bucks, which is amazing. Our number's 1-300-736-736. You just need to guess who's in the hotel lobby. So have a listen to this. That wasn't very kind. I sh- you should apologise. I probably mm. need to get the um, elevator service there. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit loud and squeaky, isn't it? One three hundred seven three six seven three six. That wasn't very kind. I sh- you should apologise. Mm, that was. You reckon very, it's easy? That wasn't very kind. You should apologise. I 
I think I know who it is, not having sort of any idea. You know, you've set this up. So uh, not. I, I didn't know beforehand, but I think I, I have a, some type of idea. What do, you, what do you think? Did you make it easy or do you think you're going to make I have nothing it? to do with it, mate. All I do is I put a microphone at the Hotel Grand Chancellor <laughs> in the lobby. So um, if you think you know who it is, 1-300-736-736. Tell us about Alistair Clarkson and what we're hearing in the news this morning. Yeah, so, so the details are starting to emerge. and It's been uh, reported by The Age that the Hawthorne Footy Club are facing a significant financial settlement with Alistair Clarkson. Uh, so this is in regards to the uh, the racism report that was released, uh, and um, you know the, all the, the the heartache that has followed for Alistair Clarkson and, uh, and also Chris Fagan. So, so at this stage, it's unclear uh, whether there's a financial settlement with Chris Fagan. But what they both also want is an apology from the footy club, and and I think most that's most important um, that. They acknowledge what they have done to the two gentlemen's lives. They've literally turned them upside down and created a whole lot of heartache, not to mention the, the reputational damage that, that has been caused. So what does this mean then in the whole scheme of things and the drama which has been surrounding Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan over the past 12, 18 24 months, if this has resulted in uh, a handover of money, I'm, mm. I'm trying to work out what this means and what like what they're admitting has actually happened or is this just a settlement to go, ah, oh, cool, it's all done now. Yeah, this is the, the thing that I can't even try and wrap my head around because remember the, the AFL have been trying to um, placate or uh, you know, do the right thing by the the people who have felt aggrieved by this report. Um, the author of the report, you know, there's been some discrediting uh, of him and 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 how it's been put together and how it's been released. So there's a whole range of things, but I just I just don't. There's, there's just no winners out of it. I don't, what has the report proven? Uh, what are the outcomes of the report? And if anything, it's all it's done is is created more uh, upheaval than than what there was at the start. So I just don't understand what, what's going on. Anyway. Um, That's the thing that confuses me too. Uh, before we go to the Louis for the yeah. guess of who's in the lobby, because I feel like those people have been forgotten now, the ones yes. impacted by right. what's alleged to have happened. So if there is a move on, Alistair Clarkson has received his financial settlement, um, is this just a okay, cool, we're done now, let's not talk about it? Because there's if if what has been alleged has happened, there's so much lingering and ongoing hurt which we're expected now just to go, Okay, let's just look towards twenty twenty four. I don't I don't mm. it, I'm confused by the whole thing. Well and, and if you try and put yourself in the uh in the the, the role of the, the people that feel like they've got uh, they feel aggrieved and have, and have, uh, and have given the information to the Hawthorne Football Club, that, you know, they would look at this and say, well, hang on a minute. So I've given you this information in good faith and and this is what's happened. The person mm. who I'm unhappy with is now being, you know, in getting a settlement. Like I, I just, there is the, just a, a whole void of information about what is going on and, uh, and even... The, the people who have made the accusations, they've been able to maintain their anonymity, which is, yeah. is a 
you know, is good for them. But when you look at what's happened with Alistair Clarkson and, and Chris Fagan, they haven't been able to maintain their anonymity, which is why, why they're, I guess, you know, trying to, to seek some damages because it's at this, this stage, it is still an allegation and is yet to be, yet to be proven or challenged. And they've, they've absolutely vehemently denied all the allegations. So yeah, this has just been an absolute mess from start to finish. No one's won out of this. And yeah, I just don't know what happens next. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Let's go to Louie, who wants to have a guess as to who's in the hotel lobby. So Louie, have another listen to the clue right here. That wasn't very kind. I sh- you should apologise. Good morning, Louie. How are you? Morning, boys. I'm well, thanks. Yeah, How who, are you guys? Yeah, very well. Who do you think is in the Hotel Grand Chancellor lobby? Uh, is it Serena Williams? Indeed it is. Congratulations, Louis. You've got that wonderful prize. It is the overnight accommodation for two people in a king or twin room. You've got the overnight parking. You've got $50 food and beverage voucher. It is valued well over a couple of hundred bucks. So uh, congratulations on that one, Louis. Oh, beautiful, boys. Can't wait to go. Should be great. Big day today on SENSA, the run home with Kimbo on the Roots from 3pm. Then Sports Day SA. I'm pretty sure that Dan Menzel is on Sports Day this week doing an outstanding job with David Wildey. So you can listen to that on Cruise, SENSA 1629 and on the app. Yes, if you listen on the app, you can text us, you can call us. We'd love to get you involved in the show. Um, The text coming through Bix on our text line from Michael that says, what's wrong with aggregate? They knew this before the start and it makes every game play out to the end. Australia were undisputedly the champions. So um, well done to well, them. The only thing that's wrong with aggregate is, is if one team like Australia have a big win early on in the tournament, like even when the game was close, you just knew that they couldn't make up. I think it was 17 goals they had to win by in the last game. So I don't know. I think we, we're we a little bit different when I say Australians. We, we like to have a decider, a grand final. You know, like you think about the Premier League, they're happy just to have mm. the most points and whoever's on top at the end, they win the win the whole competition, the championship. For, for us, I think we have this mentality of we want to decide it. We want to have a game where there's, it's, it's a winner and a loser and this is going to be it as opposed to just who's got the best percentage. Totally agree. We're smack on 7 o'clock on SENSA Breakfast. Still to come, Chad Sayers, Jordan Sweet, Quick Bix and plenty more. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Three minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Well, it's kind of like a a makeshift studio Lumo, Mark Bickley, because you are wonderfully sitting in there and Mm. I am in a hotel room in Cairns right now. Um, You can send us a text, 0427 154 166. I'm here for the Australian Diamonds who are facing South Africa in uh, the first of a three-game series tonight. It's humid looking out my window while it's wet and windy today in South Australia. It's quite humid and sticky in Cairns. Would you like to swap places? Yeah, no, look... As we've been speaking this morning, it started off very sort of dull and overcast, but the sun is just poking through. So I can uh, sort of give you the thumbs up there. We're starting to look okay here today. I know the 
The forecast is partly cloudy showers, top of 15 degrees. Whilst it's going to be cool, it is looking okay at the moment. So maybe those showers might be coming later today. Now, But you've never really believed in anyone when it comes to a weather forecaster, have you? You don't trust them. Well, I just feel like it's um, it, it, they have a bet each way, don't they? You know, partly cloudy, like it's either cloudy or it's not, or there's a few clouds, basically what they're saying. Um, chance of a shower. Like I reckon I could come up with that, couldn't you? If if there's a few clouds around, there's a chance of a shower. And then I'll give them the the um, give us the, you know, when they give us the maximum. Generally, that's around the mark. I think that's handy to have. But the the little commentary on the side, it's it's hit and miss at best. I would think. Do you agree or not? I absolutely disagree. But I can understand <laughs> why you think that because sometimes your opinions have been seen to be those of weather people. When I ask your opinion on sport, <laughs> yeah, you'll exactly. sit on the fence and pick one or the other. Oh, they could win or they might lose. I mean, it's a game of two halves, so we'll see what happens. So mm. maybe you... I when could you make were a good at, weatherman. Well, when you were at Channel 9 doing the sport, were you envious of the weather person, Xavier Minicon, or whoever was there at the time. Who was doing the weather at that point? Well, you're right. Xavier Minicon was there. I think Ali Clark was doing the weather for a little while whilst I was right. there. Um, and then I think they did away with the weather person on the weekend. <laughs> did you enjoy doing the, the television broadcasting side of things? I haven't really spoken to you about this before, uh, and we haven't really well, it's planned a long, it. But... It's a long time ago. It was uh, I, I did it straight out of football. So that was 2004 through to about 2008. So it's we're talking 15 years ago. I was a newsreader. So you retired in 2003, mm-hmm. right? The end of 2003. Yes. Because you had the, a career path, which I think is a courageous thing to do, and you did that. But then could you have played in 2004? Like, Was there a contract in front of you, if you don't mind me asking? Yes, there was, yeah. So I had the option to play, but it was we, we'd been – Challenging. So in 2002, Adelaide had made the prelim final. 2003, we just started to drop down the other side. So we finished sixth. And so then the reason I was playing was to try and win another flag. And when that looked unlikely, I decided I would sort of step aside and give someone else a go. Uh, And as it turned out, 2004 turned into a disastrous year because Gary Ayres got the sack and um, they didn't do very well, missed the finals and Neil Craig took over. So are you saying that because you weren't part of the setup, the Crows had a disastrous 2004? No. All I'm saying is I read the play and I could see that we were sort of going down the other side of the mountain. Um, mm. But what happened next was pretty interesting because Neil Craig took over in 2005 and without adding too many players at all, they went from being outside the eight and a very ordinary team to finishing, I think, in the top two. So 2005, 2006, they were either first or second in both those years. So Neil Craig had a profound impact on that group. Right. Well, speaking of which, actually, profound impact, Ange Postacoglu in the Premier League is having a profound impact on football and world football. I mean, you know you've made it when Piers Morgan is tweeting about you on his social media, (laughs) and that's what he was doing last night, saying, I hate this guy because he seems like a real winner. Ange is making waves throughout sport, Biggs. Well, it is, and and this time, yesterday morning, we were sort of marvelling at his team and Tottenham and what they were able to do, that another win. Well, just got a couple of grabs from his post, uh, post-match post press conference where he talked about the players and his his message to them about uh, getting ahead of themselves. They've got the message, right? Don't worry. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I hope so. 
Yeah, look, and, and it's not about sort of being, you know, super critical of them because the, the reality is, you know, like I said, the, the, they've done really well so far and I thought off the ball we were still outstanding today, you know, elite, but there's no doubt, you know, and there'll be plenty of vision for me to show them with that second half where we just didn't play the football we want to. And as I said, I've <clears throat> been around long enough to know the game will will bring you down pretty quickly if you if you go away from those kind of principles. Now, you know, the ideal in, in a football world is you want to learn, learn these messages um, and learn these lessons while you're winning rather than, than, than through defeat. But just because we won doesn't mean that you should escape, you know, the opportunity to improve. And, you know, that's what exists for us now. Mm, there you go. It speaks a lot of sense, Ange Postacoglu. So he's doing exactly what he talked about there. Even though they've got some improvement, they're doing that whilst they're winning and uh, everyone's having a lot of fun. He created a new record, you were telling me, Jared? Yeah, I'll talk, I'll talk you through his record. So um, 23 points from their first nine matches, seven wins, two draws, no defeats. The total is a new record for the total number of points ever won by a new manager after nine matches. Um, the previous record was held by Mike Walker and Gus Hiddink, former Socceroos coach, both 22 and according to um, a statistical organisation, only eight sides in Premier League history have started a campaign with more than 23 points from their first nine games, with four of them going on to win the title, three ending second and one ending third. So earlier this month, Postacoglu uh, claimed his second consecutive manager of the month. So it's all, it's all going well. Um, there will be a there will be a yeah. stumble. That's just There's what happens. One, one and way to go from that. here. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's what a lot of the the pundits in the UK are waiting for. But it's a wonderful story, though. Yeah, it is no doubt about that. He also went on to say, whilst he was telling his players not to get ahead of themselves, he had some advice for the fans. You know, just because I'm grumpy doesn't mean everyone else has to be. You know, their supporters, um, you know, supporters need to enjoy this. Uh, they're a big part of sort of what we've created so far. This is our, our fourth home game, and they've played a, a massive role in creating a great energy within the stadium, and you know, and, and that helps us. And you know, the lads have sent them home happy tonight, and and, and from that point of view, it's a, it's a credit to them. Mm, he's got a great feel, I think, Ange Postecoglou, for uh, you know the, the fans and and. A responsibility that he has to try and entertain them and make sure that they walk away happy, which is what he's been able to do. And that, that's what's made him, I think, or endeared him to a lot of the, the English public. He's a knockabout sort of fellow. You can hear the the um, the people in the press conference having a chuckle when he says, oh, I'm going to stay grumpy and the fans can enjoy themselves. So, um, yeah, he's, he's really enjoying a, a nice little honeymoon period. But as you said, there will come a time where... The, the results will dip because it is such a long and demanding uh, competition. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens next and how he handles it and how the press handle him. I think he's really consistent too because he was like that at Celtic where a lot of people in the press ask what the fans should be doing. And he's he's basically just saying embrace the moment while you're in the moment and enjoy the good times. And that's what football can do for so many people. And if you think about um, what Tottenham have been able to do under Ange, and that is without Harry Kane, you know, we're, we're talking about the skipper of England here. Yeah. Um, to be not there, I think pre-season, all the fans were up in arms thinking, well, we are no chance of even qualifying for Champions League, let alone being at the top of the table after nine games or whatever it is. So um, they're doing amazing things, um, Tottenham under Ange. Mm, and just uh, changing the topic slightly, uh, the boys last night, Kimbo on the Rooch had... 
Kevin Shifter Sheehan on. Now, um, Kevin Sheehan looks after all the, the young talent at the AFL Academy uh, amongst the, all the talent all across Australia as well. And the, the chat was really interesting. There's a couple of things I want to talk about. First of all, they put to him what Port Adelaide might do. Now, Port Adelaide have picked 73. A lot of the pundits think that will come in significantly. And uh, this is what Kevin Sheehan had to say about Port Adelaide's draft hand. We've actually scanned across 129 players that have been invited in that are the main contenders. It could be someone outside of that. When you choose them late, it'll be just something that uh, that uh, that you do fancy. Maybe they'll push up. There's still time to you know maybe uh, invest in some future picks of next year and try and get back into this draft. So all that can still occur. It's a it's a moving feast. This draft. There's still trade periods on now where clubs can trade. There's trading on the night. So they might try and uh, you know use a little bit of uh, the future to actually get back into this draft. So, but picking late, look, you don't know who's going to be there on the board. They they might wait and just see if any of the players that they fancy later are still there. They might use the choice. They could even hold that and uh, get two or three players in over over summer. You've got what we call now the supplemental period where you can uh, trial a few and and uh, and then choose the best of them over that summer period. So there's quite a few options for them. Mm, so there you go. Um, not sure that Port Adelaide have got a whole lot of draft capital going forward into next year. No, so, just the one pick. <laughs> no, I mean, in terms of uh, Kevin was saying, oh, they might want to trade some of their picks from next year to get back yeah. into this year. Once again, I don't think they've got a whole lot next year. Um, there, there was one interesting person uh, the, the, uh, from South Australia, a young man, who a lot of people are talking about, and that is uh, a young a boy from South Adelaide called Taylor Goad. Now, Taylor is unique because he's very, very tall. He's well over 200 centimetres, but he has uh, some speed and some agility. And so a lot of people don't really know where he's going to end up on draft night. Uh, Kevin Sheehan spoke about the young man last night. I had a text actually from a scout telling me about him. Uh, well, he, he would have been playing about an under-18 game for South Adelaide yep. early in the year. He might not have been in their state squad at the time. And just saying, gee, they've got to have a look at this fella. Mm. And, of course, they did include him, and he, he played state footy. That's big Taylor Godin. By the end of the year, he was a premiership player there at South Adelaide's uh, under-18 level. And, was well, we just seen some glimpses of that national level playing for SA. Uh, what an athlete he is. That stands out. He, he came across here to that combine we talked of, and he's in the top seven or eight for speed over 20 metres. He's yeah. 206, 207 centimetres. He's a massive boy, but he's got to be long-term. So if you invest mm-hmm. in him, you're looking, you know, give him the two or three years needed to, to really get up to the, I suppose, the, the weight you need to compete against the big bodies in the AFL. He's got the height, he's got the athleticism, mm-hmm. he's still learning the ruck craft, but there's some really promising signs, and mm-hmm. I think he's one yeah. of... Yeah, four or five ruckmen will end up on a list uh, somewhere through the draft. Mm, there you go. 206 centimetres, uh, top seven in uh, speed, also very high in agility. Came late to footy, played at Westminster College this year along with the South Adelaide under-18s who won the premiership. So, yeah, interesting. I saw him, Bix, on grand final day and I felt like he needed to get his birth certificate looked at because he's such a big boy. <laughs> I thought, no, you are not. You are actually 25 and you are lying. It's the hormones in the chicken. It must be. He's still growing. Uh, can you believe yeah, that? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, there's 
whilst uh, like Port Adelaide don't have a huge draft hand, Adelaide have three picks inside the top 20. So as we move closer and closer towards the draft, which is in November, we will start sort of profiling some of the, the young South Australians who will uh, take part in that. Don't forget, you can listen to The Run Home with Kimbo on the Reach from three. And, of course, as you heard, uh, you can listen to Sports Day SA with uh, Dan Mental and Blighty. It's on Cruise 1323, SENSA 1629. And the app, it is 16 minutes past seven. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 21 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. One of our mates, Chad Say, is going to join us very soon to talk all things Australian cricket team as the Aussies prepare to take on the Netherlands. In the Men's World Cup later on tonight, you can score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr weldy with mate. Of course, we've got lots of mates on this show. Jordan Sweet from Port Adelaide will join us at 8 o'clock as well. One of your mates, Mark Bickley. Simon Goodwin, head coach of the D's, who's in a bit of strife at the moment when talking about <laughs> culture of the Melbourne Football Club. Um, there's some more stuff coming out about Goody. Well, this is a good news story because he's a, <clears throat> a little bit uh, embattled at the moment. He's under the pump uh, around the culture, as you mentioned. And last night there was some board papers leaked which showed that uh, prior to the start of the the 2021 season, which was the the D's premiership season, they were coming up with contingency plans about uh, what would happen if the results didn't go the right way and how they might uh, extricate him from the club. So that was rather interesting. But this this story here is a great one. Um, Simon Goodwin is in Bali at the moment. He's on holiday and he was surfing and a young man jumped off a cliff into the water and dislocated his shoulder and he was screaming in pain. Uh, Goody was able to rush over and get him onto his surfboard and get him out of the impact zone where all the waves were, were crashing in on him. So um, he's uh, a lifesaver, been, uh, been deemed a hero for saving the young man's life. Okay, so that's fantastic. It's timely too. <laughs> Have they had a look at who this person was whose life he saved? <laughs> I mean, is it a Melbourne-listed player that they've concocted this thing just to have a good... <laughs> no. Is it the old Braden Maynard has delivered flowers after saving someone's life because he's such a good guy, please don't suspend me? No, no, it's nothing like that. This is um, he's this is a mild-mannered sort of AFL coach minding his own business in Bali. He's on a surfing trip. He's over there with uh, former... Max Gorn. Bomber, <laughs> no, Ricky Olleranshaw. Maybe Ricky's a player manager. Maybe he's a goodies manager. I'm not sure, but they were over there. Surfing and doing some stuff there, and um, yeah, was able was was Johnny on the spot was called for when someone was in their time of need. So uh, doesn't surprise me. He's a sort of looks like he's in good good shape. Didn't know he was a surfer though, but uh, he's been out there surfing and he's been able to help someone out. So that is uh, a welcome good news story for the Melbourne Footy Club, as opposed to what has been sort of getting around the place the last couple of days. Just having a look at some of the photos um, that have surfaced from Simon Goodwin's trip to Bali, would highly encourage Ricky Olerenshaw to put some aloe vera on at some stage because he's extremely tanned. <laughs> he's clearly the, living it up. Got the oh, unbelievable shirt unbuttoned down to the waist as well. Like he's really comfortable at the minute. That, yeah, very, yeah well, good looking guy though. Well, Absolutely, and just relaxing, which is good. And what you need to do when um, you're involved in a stressful uh, job like being an AFL coach, 
just being able to have some downtime is nice. But, um, yeah, done a nice little gesture there along the way. So I'm a good one. Why do you think I've come to Cairns to escape the stressful life of Studio Lumo? So I'm just up here at the moment, just decompressing. Just hopefully when I return, you'll get my name right and not call me Jared. Um, <laughs> Good morning we'll... to you, Jared. Uh, it is 25 minutes past seven. Bix, did you have something? Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, I can't wait. We're going to talk to Chad Sayers very shortly. And um, a lot of discussion around Travis Head and what mm. he might be doing with a he comes in to play this game against the Netherlands. Uh, whether he comes, uh, whether he continues to to progress in the nets before having an opportunity. And Andrew McDonald spoke about some of those things. So we'll, we'll touch base with all of those uh, on the other side of the break. It is twenty five minutes past seven on SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Just on 7.30 on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you, Bix. You just revealed the uh, heroic efforts of embattled Melbourne coach Simon Goodwin (laughs) after saving someone's life over in Bali on a trip at the moment. We've had a couple of texts coming in on 0427154166, of course, with a little bit of cynicism, which is, you know, something we are all about here. Can you please read out the text that we've just received? (laughs) There's just some new reports coming in this morning that Max Gorn has delivered a litter of kittens while helping an elderly lady across a busy street. Thank you for that, Will. Uh, What hasn't been reported is that Simon Gooden also pushed the guy off the cliff. But the issue that, I mean, we don't want to make light of it because he saved someone's life, yeah. but it's still very convenient that it comes but, out now. But then uh, the second part of that says, uh, text message says, seriously, though, I'd be surprised if there was a club in the league, uh, then it's got in brackets, besides Port, without a contingency plan for their head coach. Look, I think, I'm not sure about that. I, I don't think there's minutes of the, the board meeting of the Adelaide Football Club talking about how do we get rid of or, or, or what do we do with Matthew Nix, if halfway through the season uh, it turns to pear-shaped. This is, this is a contingency. This was a live contingency where there had been continued discussion around behaviour. There'd been discussion around or people had left the organisation um, and making accusations that the CEO and the chairman had met with uh, Richard Goiter and Gil McLaughlin to voice their concerns. This was a, this was a live threat. There's no doubt about that. And the reason this is a news story is because the people uh, after the premiership and all and the, the accusations that were being made by the former president, Glenn Bartlett, the people who were on the board said, no, 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 nothing to see here. It's all fine. It's all fine. Well, what the minutes of this meeting show is that it wasn't all fine and that uh, there was some serious concern around what was happening at the footy club. But Zero four two seven one five four one double six. Goody also helped Harrison Petty unpack his suitcase. Which is another good one. <laughs> this is wonderful. Please keep them coming in. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. We'll chat to Chad Sayers after the news. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 23 to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. 
Uh, Mark Bickley wearing Studio Lumos, powered by Lumo and GSA. What, there's, there's panic in Studio Lumo. What is happening? <laughs> oh, no, we just had uh, Chad Say is going to join us very shortly. He just dropped out. So uh, producer Jason just jumped out, grabbed him back on the line. Sorry about that. We just had to tone the music down a little bit so he could hear us. But... Oh, you couldn't hear a word I was saying? The oh, music could, was too I, loud. I could hear you, but we're still getting some really funny texts coming in. Uh, Goody introduced Taylor Swift to Travis Kelsey is the reports coming out now, <laughs> Jared. Yeah, see, this is good. I like this stuff. We've got some very creative listeners, Mark Bickley. We've got some very creative guests as well. Before we um, jump across to uh, Chad Sayers, what about this ICC Men's World Cup where the players are treating it like a T20 World Cup? South African Quinton de Kock registered the ninth highest score by a batter in a one-day international World Cup innings. During the game against Bangladesh, uh, the left-handed opening batter smashed 174 off 140, 15 fours and seven sixes. So that's also the highest score registered by a wicketkeeper batter in an ODI World Cup innings. Going past Adam Gilchrist, he scored 149 in the 2007 final. So um, records are being smashed all over the place. Australia hoping to defeat the Netherlands tonight and, of course, cement their place in the top four when it comes to the other 15,000 games they've got left before we get into the finals. Someone who can give us a little bit of insight (laughs) into that and whether Travis Head will play as our very own Chad Sayers. Good morning to you, Chad. Thanks for joining us. It's, It's a big game for the Aussies where the Netherlands haven't been too bad. Hey, boys. Um, yeah, they've been all right, haven't they? It's uh, good to see that there's been a few upsets during this World Cup. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's a good game, but I think the Aussies will be too classy tonight. And what do you think they'll do with Travis Head? There's uh, talk about his netting. He's been batting okay and getting better. Uh, he's been doing a bit of bowling, which they think might come in handy as well. Do you think they play him tonight? Yeah, I think they obviously hold him in high regards in the one-day format now, don't they, considering... They did leave him in the squad with a broken uh, finger. So um, I think if he's obviously fit and can hold the bat and there's not too much pain there, then he'll come straight back in. And if that's not tonight, then um, next game. So uh, I assume Mitch Marsh will probably drop down to three, even though he he didn't make that classy hundred Mm. the other night. Um, Just on on the back of some of Jared's comments about the scoring that we're seeing now and and teams now um, adopting... A bit of this T20 um, Cavalier style earlier in innings isn't going harder and harder. When did you start to notice that happening? And, and is this what we get used to now? You've got to get over 300 to be any sort of chance. Yeah, I think when T20 came in, it rejuvenated the game. And one day cricket probably had to take that next level to, to make crowds come and watch. So um, I think with the wickets over in India as well, that's the best time to score when the ball's nice and hard and the field's up. So um as Jared said, Quinton de Kock, he's on fire, isn't he? He scored his third hundred for the tournament last night, and um, it's hard to see that he's going to actually retire after this tournament in one-day cricket. Chad, how do you view something like a men's 50-over World Cup? You still, I'm sure, have a lot to do with some of the current and past players, but... There's so much cricket at the moment and so many World Cups. We only had a men's T20 World Cup at the back end of 2022. Um, Is it still seen in such a high regard or is it the knowledge of, well, if we don't win this one, there's another one coming up in a few years anyway? Yeah, there is a lot of cricket, isn't there? And I think the first few games we saw Australia just uh, plateau a little bit because of the lead-up. They had a 
I think 11 games of one-day cricket in a row leading up to the World Cup. So there is a lot of cricket, and as you said, the 2020 World Cup now, and then you got, obviously, Test Series as well. But I think a World Cup, any time you, you play for Australia and you can prove you're the best in the world, the boys get up for it. And, yeah, I think it still is uh, held in high regard, and they'll be doing everything they can to win it, that's for sure. Now, I know you called a bit of the Redbacks last week, which was... I'm sure gratifying for you because the bowlers had control of that match and um, Nathan McAndrew was outstanding and, and it was nice to see the Redbacks get a win on the board and sort of push himself up the uh, the shield ladder. Yeah, that's right. He was outstanding, Nathan McAndrew, and he has been ever since he came over from New South Wales. So I think the bowling group's been, been outstanding mm. for years now and um, now the batters are starting to come to the party. Um, they've got a nice side together and as you said, it's all about having that consistency. So um, hopefully this game as well, they can back that up and, and play some good cricket. Well, they kick off tomorrow against WA. WA are in cracking form, by the way. I see they've got three batsmen who are averaging 100 or thereabouts, and uh, they're going to be a tough side, but it's going to be nice to meet them in going in with some, some good form. Yeah, they've got an experienced batting lineup with Sam Whiteman, Cameron Bancroft at the top of the order, and, and Teague Wiley, a young kid coming through. So... Um, it is going to be hard work, but I think those stats reflect where they've been playing. They've been playing at the Wacker for the last couple of games where batting conditions have been pretty good. So if we see the same wicket we saw last week at the Adelaide Oval, which the Curios have done a fantastic job um, preparing a good contest between bat and ball, then I think those statistics hopefully come down, Bix. And mm. um, as I said, it'll be a good contest. Now, well, Chad, I, before we let you go, oh, so you go, Mark. I was just going to say, um, Nathan McAndrew is averaging six, by the way, with the ball. That's not a bad average. So you've got the best uh, bowling average versus the best batting averages, so it should be very interesting. Go, Jared. Now, uh, Chad, before we let you go, Port Adelaide have brought in four players into their 2024 makeup with Zerk Thatcher, Soldo, Sweet, like there's some big names coming in for the power. Um, what are your thoughts about Port Adelaide? Are you optimistic moving into 2024? Yeah, I think you forgot Ruddy Galea there as well, Walshie. So, um, no, I think they've done well in the draft. Obviously, they needed a couple of big men um, for their ruck stocks and down back to replace Jonas. So, um, I think they obviously headhunted a few players and they got them all. So um, I'm excited to see what they can bring in 2024. I think we showed glimpses this year, as you know, um, but disappointing at the end of the year. So, um, no, we'll be jumping on again, won't we, Walshie? And hopefully we can um, go a couple of steps further. Now, I know you have two great passions. One of it is the Port Adelaide Footy Club, which we've just spoken about. The other one is your back lawn. Now, you love to prepare your turf out the back. And I, you and I sometimes swap photos. I generally put a soft filter on mine to make it look better. How's it all going? Have you, have you put the preparation in this year? No, I haven't actually, Vix. It's rubbish at the moment. And I'm actually doing the house right now. I've noticed the that. just taking a back seat at the moment. So, no, nah, hopefully in the next month we, we get through that and I can um, focus on my lawn. Well, uh, Chad, we've enjoyed listening to your commentary. You're streaming uh, when you're doing talking about the Sheffield Shield. We love hearing about your insights into world cricket, and uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch. No, no worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Chad Say is joining us here on SENSA, uh, and well, so you guys, what are just exchanging lawn porn, well, basically? Well, you know, like I do put a lot of time and energy into my back lawn and front lawn now, doing a bit of work there, trying to get that looking very nice for the kids and just happened to notice and, you know, crossing paths with Chad, he's a bit the same. He's a, I think he's a, uh, a curator, 
not not so much in waiting, but he, he wants to be a curator. So his turf looks fabulous and prepares it very, very well. And so I was a bit envious once and shot him a message and he's given me some advice. So how does that message go? Hey, Chad, Mark Bickley here. You probably know who I am, but I've admired your grass and I would like to learn from you or you just send a, a random picture of your front yard. No, no. I think he might have posted a picture on social media and I said, what is yeah. that junk? Here, have a look at mine. It's much better. That, that's, sort oh. of, that's the way it went, something along those lines, just having a bit of fun. So do you have any advice now? We're halfway through spring at the moment. What should we be doing to take care of our lawn at the moment, Big? Should we be putting a nice little bit of uh, topsoil over the top if something's not growing? I mean, what happens here? Well, I'm not all that engaged with it, but this is what I've done. As as the soil warms up, the, the grass comes out of dormancy and it starts to grow again. So if you can aerate the soil and maybe get a bit of uh, fertiliser and a bit of top dressing on it. Now is the time to have, maybe, maybe should have already done it, but now is the time where the grass starts to become active again and starts to grow. Thank you. That's brilliant. Are you, I'm um, trying to bring you along for the ride. You put a lot of effort into your front yard, that landscape. You're going to try and get your lawn growing. So don't, don't act yeah, as yeah, if it's, it's only the nerds that, uh, that look after their lawn. You're on board. I send you, I send you different pictures. That's all I'm saying across the day that aren't grass. <laughs> so we exchange different photos, you and I, that we can't talk about now. Um, it is 14 creepy. minutes to eight. <laughs> We're doing quick picks straight after this. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Eight minutes to eight on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. It's been a wonderful show so far, Mark Bickley. If I do say so myself, it's wonderful to be here. Uh, partly cloudy, showers atop of... 15 degrees today. A text coming in from Will on our text line 0427154166. Will's been great this morning talking about grass, saying no pets, no kids. Grass is for looking, not touching. And that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like I, I'm a bit the opposite. I love to get it looking schmick and then taking the shoes off and just walking on it. That's the, it's the connection piece, you know, like that's what you do it for. Kids can... Kick the foot earthing, is that what it's called? Grounding or earthing? Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's not quite um, Matt Rao sort of bending over and ripping it off the turf and chucking it in your yeah. mouth. But, you know, a bit of connection to earth, I don't mind that. And, and it's got to be, that's, that's the test. If you can walk on it in bare feet and it feels good, then that's excellent. Mm. Uh, if, if you walk on it and it's a bit, you know, sharp or not soft, then it needs, needs more work, more water. Hey. Have you got a particular type of grass that you have? Oh, I'm not a, um, I'm not an absolute aficionado. I've got just the sort of uh, kikuya in the front yard. I've got a, a soft leaf buffalo in the backyard because that gets a bit more wear. That's a bit more hardy. So mm. um, yeah, so it's nothing fantastic. It's not your uh, your exotic ones with your your you know your. I'm trying to think of the word. The mower that the the rotary mower that gets it nice and uh, sort of cut short, um, or your cooches or any of that. So it's, I'm just yeah. sort of garden variety. No, you're right. It's absolutely nothing fantastic. <laughs> Let's go into this. Meep, meep.
Bix, quick Bix is something we love doing on a Wednesday morning yes. for the people that are new to SENSA Breakfast. Did you want to kind of indicate how this works and what we do? Yeah, so this is what happens. You come up with six questions. Generally, you have some sort of theme that it sort of carries on along, and um, I get 10 seconds to answer each question. I get one extension. Mm. So if there is a question that's uh, particularly tricky, I can uh, ask for an extension, and I get 10 more seconds. I think you're going to need the extension today, especially for the last question. So that's where I want to help you out, okay? okay? I want to be on your side and help you. But if you choose to use it prior to that, that is completely your decision. I don't want to sway your vote. Okay. So let's get into it. Um, today's theme, because we were talking about Ange Postacoglu yesterday mm. um, and what he's managed to do in the Premier League, um, I thought we would do an Aussies abroad edition of Quick Bix today. Aussies abroad. Okay. So Australians who are making big overseas in their chosen field. You ready to go? I'm, I'm ready to go. All right. Question one. Ange Postacoglu's start at Tottenham has been incredible. If we think back to 2009, he was at Brisbane Raw in the A-League. That's right. Name the other teams he's managed in the lead-up to where he is now, and there are six teams in total, including Brisbane, go. Okay, so Brisbane is one. Melbourne victory is the next one. Can I have an extension for a second? I've got a question to ask. Whoa, you've yeah. used the extension early. Yeah, so so he coached Australia. Are we, are we saying Australia is a team, or are we just talking teams like as in a club? What was the question? I can't remember. What was the question? Well, that's not my fault. I'm sorry, mate. Right, You're going well, to have to give me your answer. I'll say Brisbane, Melbourne. I'll say Australia. He went to Japan. I don't know the team there. And then it was Celtic. Then it was Tottenham. Uh, and if I could have a guess about a Japanese club, I would, but I don't know. No, we don't need the timer again. He's used his extension. Okay. He's fine. I, I, so I reckon I've got five and a Japanese club. Is that enough? Well, I'm going to say that is because Yokohama was the team in Japan. And when you did stop and use your extension and say Australia team or a club, the question was name the other teams. I was very specific because the Socceroos are a team. So I'm going to give that to you. Oh, well done, well so who was the Japanese club? Yokohama. Yokohama. That's where Kevin Musket is now. Um, okay. Mm. So question two. Since 2005, there has been three Australian-born number one NBA draft picks. Name them. Andrew Bogut Was Ben Simmons number one and No, I don't know I'm sorry, I'm out I've... I'm Sorry, it's fine It's the first um, first day of the NBA today So yes. you'd be very happy that Who's... your Denver Broncos Are getting their championship rings Or the Denver Nuggets But you call them the Broncos Andrew Bogut, yes Yeah Ben Simmons, yes. He was the one. Kyrie okay. Irving. Kyrie Irving was an Australian-born number one draft pick. Is that a trick question? I didn't. He realize. was born in Australia. He's yeah. Australian-born. Yeah, sorry. I didn't realise that. That's okay. Okay. That's, I mean, I don't know how that's my fault. Um, <laughs> question three. So let's talk about Mike Hussey. So Mike Hussey's involved in the English cricket setup at the moment. Yeah. How many test centuries did Mike Hussey end up with in his career? Do you want me to give you multiple choice for this please, one? Please, please do. Okay. I, I, just, I reckon it's around 20 But before okay. you start. 18, 19, or 20? 
I'm going to go in the middle. I'm going to go 19. 19 is correct. Good job. That is around 20. It's around 20. It's all right. Well, do you know what I did there? I, yes. I thought... You pulled it out of your backside. I thought if I said 19 and it was 20, I could sort of claim the 20 as my first guess anyway. So I was just hedging my oh, bets. But okay. I'm glad just I got it just want to gaslight right. me through this. All right. So um, <laughs> the question for Sam Kerr has played for two A-League women clubs. Name them. Uh, Perth Glory is the obvious one, being a Western Australian girl. And I think, did she play for Sydney FC as well? Well, you are good. She certainly did, Mark Bickley. That is very good from you. Mm. Question five Where to in next? the... Aussies abroad edition of Quick Picks. What is the name of the Australian NFL player at the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, no, it's, oh, it's Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Uh, is it Jordan, Jordan Malita? That's close enough. Jordan Malata, you've done well. Hey. You've done very well. Okay, last one. Okay. Mark Bickley. Now, it's not a clean sweep because you didn't get Kyrie Irving, no. but that's okay. I didn't get the Yokohama well. either. In the... Yeah, but you were close enough mm. because you got the country right. So you basically suggested that Ange's coached a team that's based in the world, which yeah. is awesome. <laughs> um, question six. This is where I would have used the extension, by okay. the way. Okay. So I'll give you a little bit more time. All right. Question six. The Aussies Abroad edition of Quick Bix. What is Nicole Kidman's highest grossing movie? Oh, goodness me. Well, I know it's not the BMX Bandits. Um, it wouldn't be Days of Thunder. Uh, I have no idea. Eyes Wide Shut. Oh. Eyes Wide Shut. With her then husband, Tom Cruise. Incorrect. Oh. Grossing $1.152 billion, Aquaman. What? She had a minor role in Aquaman. Oh, <laughs> That's ridiculous. I didn't even know she was in Aquaman. Well, neither did I, but um, the internet suggested that she was, so I believe everything that I read on the internet. I mean, if Simon Goodwin can save someone's life in Bali and then be a saint and a hero now, then I believe everything. So um, that was not bad, hey? No, it was, it was very good. I feel like the, the, the batsman that got stumped off the pads that wasn't out. I feel like that last question, unfair, but anyway. Why is that unfair? Because you didn't get it right. Yeah, exactly. I like to get things right. <laughs> shooky, shooky, la, la. <laughs> We're going to be chatting to Jordan Sweet next from Port Adelaide, one of their new recruits on SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Four minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Been a very big show today, Mark Bickley. Uh, Chad Sayers joined us earlier. You've just missed Quick Bix. If you want to call us, one 736 736 And the text line, 0427-154-166. Yes, if for anyone who's missed it really quickly too, Bix, um, the Hawthorne and Alistair Clarkson situation that's been in the news, can you give us a brief recap on that, please? Oh, yeah, just reports coming out. There's an article in The Age this morning that's uh, talking about a... 
a $1 million plus settlement. Um, I call it a seven-figure settlement, up to seven figures for Alistair Clarkson in regards to um, uh, what has happened and mm-hmm. his reputational damage, I guess is the best way about it. And also uh, Alistair Clarkson, along with Chris Fagan, want a, an apology from the Hawthorne Football Club as well. Both men have uh, strongly denied all the allegations that have been put to them. So uh, that is a breaking story. And if you're waking up in Adelaide today uh, and you've you've just bounced out of bed and you've picked up the advertiser off the front lawn, Simon Goodwin's on the front page. He's on the back page. He's on the front page because he's done a good deed while he's in uh, Bali. He's saved a young man who jumped off a cliff and dislocated his shoulder and was in all sorts of strife in the surf. And he uh, paddled over and got him on his surfboard and got him – to the shore safely. And then if you look on the back page, there's a, a big story. Michael Warner uh, has, if you're in, uh, he's on the goodies on the back page, but you open up, there's a double page spread in regards to minutes of the Melbourne board meeting where they outline a strategy about getting themselves organized if they need to uh, formulate an exit strategy for Simon Goodwin during the year. That was in t- 2021, which was the year they went on to win the premiership. So, There's a couple of things for me. One is uh, what it shows is there is some disharmony amongst the Melbourne board. The fact that the minutes of a board meeting can can be distributed or um, leaked to to the mainstream media, uh, and and now everything's out in display. And also what it shows is is the board members who, after the premiership, they were they sort of scoffed at a lot of the. accusations that were being thrown around, particularly by Glenn Bartlett. Well, these minutes now show that that what Glenn Bartlett was saying was actually happening at the boardroom table. I had a few dramas in Quick Bix because it was the Aussies Abroad edition and uh, Nicole Kidman's highest grossing movie was Aquaman and you were a bit confused by that. Um, thank you to the Gold Coast Crow who's texting 0427-154-166 who said um, Nicole Kidman was Aquaman's mum. So she actually had a pretty significant role in the movie, Mark. Yeah, so I, I think I, you're just going to have to concede. <laughs> I'm going to have to. I, I thought she might have, it might have been a nod to the Little Mermaid with her sort of red hair, maybe uh, some oh, yeah. sort of. Uh, yeah, but but no, let's let's not keep That's, our uh, next guest waiting because no, um, let's he not. Doesn't we're need to we're very. No, but he loves it. We're very excited <laughs> to say that uh, Jordan Sweet is now a member of the Port Adelaide Football Club after a couple of years at the Western Bulldogs, a premiership player with North Adelaide in the Sandful, and we can officially say welcome home to you, Jordan. I'm sure you're really satisfied and almost relieved that it's all done now. Go, yeah, boys. How are you? Um, yeah, really chuffed with the way it's all panned out, I guess. It's been an um, exciting couple of months since... I announced that I wanted to come back to Adelaide, so uh, it's just all good that it got done. Now, um, firstly, congratulations, Jordan. Um, I, I think it's going to be a huge opportunity for you. When did the thought process start in regards to coming home, and, and did you approach Port or through your management, or were, were Port keen on you? How, how did all that unfold? Um, it was a bit of both, really. I started probably mid-year. Um, Josh and I, Josh Carr, pretty close, um, about mid-year, he um, got in touch with me. I got in touch with him. He sort of pushed it, pushed the envelope a bit, and see what was see what was going on. Um, and then it all just panned out from there, I guess. Mm. Um, it was, I guess, in some respects, a frustrating year because you are behind the All Australian ruckman in um, Tim English. But I guess the flip side of that is you get 
to see up close and at training and compete against the best ruckman in the AFL. So was he someone who helped you with your craft or you went up against each other and, and made each other better? How did that work? How was, what was the synergy like? Oh, yeah. I mean, Tim and I are pretty close. We're good friends. Um, he's probably one of the best blokes in the club. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's obviously being all Australian this year, it was tough to get past and play AFL games. Um, and so just that training and stuff, pushing each other. And, like, well, I was probably better at rock craft, whereas he was, like, a lot better at um, around the ground stuff, finding the ball. Um, so we complimented each other at training a fair bit and taught each other a fair few things. So... Um, yeah, I'm pretty thankful for um, learning off Tim this year and obviously the past five years. Hey, Jordan, was it always Port Adelaide or did you just want to come back to South Australia no matter where the opportunity was? Because we know how connected you are to your, your family back here and also having the, the strong connection um, to Josh is one thing. But if, if Port Adelaide couldn't orchestrate anything, was Adelaide something that you would have entertained? Um, we didn't really speak to Adelaide much. Um, I think it was just mainly Port we were going after. Um, just because, I mean, the way the ruck stops went this year, I guess. Um, we thought there was an opportunity only to jump on. So um, we were just mainly going hard to Port, I'd say. Um, we didn't really speak to the Crows. What about um, a few people were surprised, including myself, because we, we'd heard your name uh, be talked about as, at Port Adelaide and that you were going to come across and... and bolster their ruck stocks. Then sort of later in the piece or towards the, the start of the, the trade period, Ivan Soldo's name was raised. Did that sort of shake you at all, the fact that, you know, maybe you're now going to be competing with another ruckman or was that always a possibility? Um, yeah, no, I knew um, for a while out they were always going to target two rucks in the period. Um, originally it was meant to be obviously Brody Grundy and that fizzled hmm. out and he went to Sydney. Um, so... No, they always told me they were going to bring two rucks in. And so, like, I knew I was going to have some sort of competition. And competition's always healthy for um, teams, and it makes you better. So, no, I'm all, I'm all for it, I guess. You've gone from a, an elite midfield at the Western Bulldogs to an elite midfield at the Port Adelaide Football Club. What is it about the power that excites you, and what are you looking forward to about 2024? Um, the young mid. Port, um, Butters, Rosie, Horn Francis. Um, I've already heard great things about them. I've played with Connor already at North Adelaide. Um, so, yeah, that's very exciting. I mean, it's going to be very different. I didn't play many games with Bond, Liver, McRae, um, only the 11. So, um, I did really enjoy my time playing with them. It was unbelievable watching Bond up close and personal and Liver's close hands. Um, was really good, but it's going to be different. Obviously, playing with Butters, Rosie, and Horn Francis, it's going to be very exciting. Real fast, young midfield, which is, which is pretty good. Well, hopefully, you just have to get it in their area and let them do the rest. They'll make you look good, Jordan. Hey, just quickly, um, uh, pre-season not far away. I, I heard a little rumour that um, my co-host in Jared Walsh was doing something and somehow bumped into you and wanted to do some sort of pre-season session. You were doing some running and, and he joined in. I just want to know, how did he go? Because he often comes in with his splits and his times and shows photos of himself sweating after a run. Is he any good whatsoever? How did he, how did he fare? <laughs> so, I don't know, I was still on socials. I always see Jared just doing his running and 
uh, bragging about it all. Mm, I mean, mm. he's doing really well for his age, so. <laughs> oh, there's a back end. <laughs> um, no, nah, well, well, Joe, do you want to you know, give an AFL session a go? Like, do you want to see what it's like? He's like, all oh, right. And he actually did really well. I was very surprised by it. Um, I was okay so, for the so first he, 10 he minutes, and then, yeah. No, nah, you were great. Mm. Um, if you want to do a port session now, it's very different to the Bulldog session, but, um, yeah, we we'll have to do it when we get back. Yeah, well, 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 we'll be looking forward to that, Jordan. Now, before we let you go, Mark Bickley's a huge fan of the Denver Nuggets. He calls them the Denver Broncos. He's got no idea about the NBA. It's the, the first day of the NBA today. Who's your pick to take out the championship? We need your tip. Happy International or well, International. Well, happy uh, NBA Day. It's a great day for the big fans. Um, my tip's probably, probably going to be Denver again. And Jokic is so good. And you can't stop him, really. Um, but he's so skillful and, and the way he gets his team involved it's um, good to watch um, and then obviously Jamal Murray coming back off his um, knee surgery a couple of years ago and getting more games in which is going to be good as well as Michael Porter Jr um, coming out and playing a lot better this year I, I can assume mm. I can edit my pick well there you go um, uh, that warms my heart to think that my team may be heading back to back Big fan I am. Yeah. Hey, Jordan, we're, we're going to be big fans of you this year. Uh, we're going to take a special interest in how you go, and uh, we wish you all the best. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Uh, no worries. Jordan Sweet joining us there from the Port Adelaide Football Club. He's uh, a good lad and going to be really beneficial to their ruck stocks as well. It is 14 minutes past eight on SENSA. Good morning to you. You ready? Let's go. Good morning to you. It is 19 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast Picks. It's been a big show today. 0427-154-166. Great text message. I wanted to throw this one at you from Source, who's a keen listener to the show. Yes. Thank you very much, Source, for your engagement as always. Morning, fellas. I'm eager to get to know the blokes behind the mic on a deeper level. So I'd love to know your thoughts on Mark Bickley, whether you think a hot dog is a sandwich. All the big issues here. No, a hot dog's not a sandwich. No way. Because often it's it's in a, a long skinny roll with just a hole poked in the end where you just jam the uh, the hot dog in it and squirt a bit of sauce in. So I wouldn't have thought that is uh, a sandwich at all. What do you think, Jared? Uh, yeah, I would agree. I would think they are two very different things. Mm. Absolutely. I think it's a ridiculous question. For sure. <laughs> yeah, please. Can we ban him, please? That, 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 that no, no, we can't ban him. We can let everybody on. And I think we're just, uh, we're answering the big questions here. Can I just straighten up a little bit? Because this is another big question that was put to Darren Burgess on a podcast, which is uh, uh, two coaches and a coffee podcast, which Darren participates in. And they were having a discussion. This is on the back of just talking to Jordan Sweet about pre-seasons and getting himself organised with that. Um, He was talking about how AFL players now, with their extended leave period they have, um, they've nearly halved what they used to do uh, Mm. in a pre-season after the new collective bargaining agreement has mandated for more off-season leave. Uh, leading to club fitness boss Darren Burgess to say that it's harder now uh, to get them uh, ready to go and they have to do more of their own training in their own time. So I guess that's an advantage for the more experienced teams as you've got older players who know exactly what they've got to do um, as opposed to younger teams who may have some younger players who might maybe sort of the temptation of 
not having to do much when you when you're away on holiday. So that's that's going to be something interesting to to follow. And maybe next time, or if we get a um, an assistant coach or or a fitness coach on, we might have a discussion about how each club is handling that. But when you went away in the off-season with your family, did you do any kind of exercise? I saw a video yesterday on Christian Petrarca's Instagram where he's in Europe right now and he's doing yoga, he's doing running sessions, mm. and I'm like, this is just non-stop. Like, do you ever get to actually switch off and allow yourself to have that break? I think it generally used to be for a week or two after, directly after the season. You could just tune out where you just, your body's sore, you get any sort of uh, post-season Niggles looked at, checked, operated on, all that done. And then after a while, your body's so attuned to just trying to stay in shape and trying to be fit. You want to get back and get moving again. So, yeah. So generally, it's not that hard uh, a thing to get sort of back up and going. The big one is is managing your food because during the season, you're doing lots of training and you can pretty much, you know, eat a fair bit. But in the off season, when mm. you when you're workload decreases if you keep eating the same you know blokes like myself who had a uh, tendency to put on a little bit of weight it, it did sort of uh was always on the ba- in the back of your mind you had to be mindful of what you're eating 22 minutes past eight on SENSA breakfast we'll wrap up the show next tire power think safety this month get the five minute tire safety check at your local tire power mom team kia at cheltenham and mount barker for all your class leading kia vehicles and servicing breakfast with mark bickley and jared walsh are you ready are you ready are you ready are you ready let's go 28 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, big show today, Mark Bickley, Chad Sayers. We spoke to about the Aussie cricket team and the Redbacks, Joe Gauchi. Tomorrow will join us from Adelaide United. Um, he's partnering up once again with the Childhood Cancer Association, um, donating money with clean sheets and also the saves that he makes in 2023-24, which is fantastic for childhood cancer. Um, and also tomorrow, Courtney Cramey is going to join us from the Adelaide Crows as they are hopefully going to bounce back from the loss against Brisbane on the weekend. Yeah, another big game. They're taking on North Melbourne, who are another top Mm. four team. So wanting to get back in the winner's circle a week or two before the AFLW final series kicks off. What's on for you today for the rest of the day? Are you going to go look at your lawn or are you going to meet a person about a thing? (laughs) Meet a man about a dog. Okay. That's a saying. That's a saying. I understand understand that. (laughs) And what are you doing? You're up in Cairns. You're going to be warming up the vocal cords. The Diamonds are facing South Africa tonight, and then they head to Hobart next week. So it's going to be a wonderful day. If you get to check that out on the TV later on tonight, support Netball. And also congratulations to Tilly Garrett, Adelaide Thunderbirds' very own. If she manages to take her place on the court tonight, she'll be making her debut for the Australian Netball team, which is awesome. Thanks for listening. A big day on SENSA. And as we always say, we are back tomorrow from 6 a.m. Mark Bickley, have a wonderful day. You too, and stay safe, Jared.